Today, we are looking at God's call to Joshua. Joshua was a man chosen by God for a special service. He was to succeed Moses and lead Israel into Canaan, a land of blessing and honour. God may bury some of his workmen, but he still carries on his work through others. I remember that before even Elijah was called away, his mantle was passed over to Elijah. And now we come to this part where Joshua is chosen to follow on from Moses. And what an honour it must have been for him uh, to be singled out to be a great leader. We also have been chosen by God. In John 15, 16, we read, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And because we have chosen by God, we are precious to him. There are many instances in the Bible that remind us of how precious Jesus is to God the Father. In chapter 1 of Mark's gospel, when Mark records the baptism of Jesus, we read, as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened and the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my Son, in whom I love. In you I am well pleased. And further on in chapter 9, we read about the transfiguration when Jesus took Peter, James and John with him up and led them up high into the mountain. And verse 7 tells us, Then a cloud appeared and covered them. And a voice came from that cloud, This is my son in whom I love. Listen to him. The Apostle Peter makes reference to Christ as the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and as precious to him. And there are many other similar references of the preciousness of Jesus Christ. And this must ask us the question, each one of us, how precious is Jesus to you or to me? Only we can answer that. The hymn writer says, when God in his mercy, let me see the preciousness of Jesus. My sin became an agony till I found rest in Jesus. By God's choice, we are his own. Why? Because we've been, because of the sacrifice that he made upon the cross of Calvary. He showed his great love to you and me. That well-known voice, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And each one of us came to that conclusion because of God loving us the way we are and we were sinners in his sight. We accepted it. We believed it. We asked for forgiveness. We asked him into our lives and he became part of us. Jesus came, he was born in a manger as we celebrated weeks before. He lived on this earth, he went to the cross, he paid the penalty for our sins. He died there, he took our place. He was buried. On the third day, he rose again. 
and ascended up into heaven, the disciples saw him go. This is the basis of our faith. Jesus Christ gave his life for us. He now lives within us. Now, we all not can be chosen for great leaders, leadership positions like Joshua, but we're still called by God to serve him in some way. The Lord spoke clearly to Joshua. He did not doubt the call. The way for him was perfectly plain. And in obeying that call, he knew he was doing the will of God. What qualifications did Joshua have? He was a man of faith. And I believe this was the highest qualification anyone could have. Joshua was one of the 12 who went out to spy up the land. He and Caleb went out there. They saw the land. They saw the people. And they came back with a faith to believe that God will conquer them and they would have the victory. He had faith in the promise of God. Verse 3 of our reading, I will give you every place where you set your foot on, as I promised Moses. The land had to be claimed by their feet. Every step had to be taken by faith. And so it is for us on our journey it's a journey of faith. And a little verse that comes to me that all things are possible to them who believe. And it's no different for us today. We still need to be strengthened by our faith by reminding ourselves that God is faithful. His promises to us never change. Our journey of faith is completely different to Joshua, but it is the same God who leads us step by step if we put our trust in him. And one of the things I've always said that if you have a faith, hang on to it. Make it strong. And you will have victories. Joshua <coughs> served first as a Moses servant to Moses. He faithfully performed duties of a more humble nature to prepare him for that greater service. And in Philippians 2.7 we read that Jesus even humbled himself, taking the very nature of a servant. And in Peter we're told to clothe ourselves with humility. What a privilege it is for us to serve God, even if it is only in a humble way. In Mark 10 and 43, Jesus overturns the, the whole value of the structure of the world when he says, whoever wants to be great among you, you must first be a servant. And Jesus was a great example to us. He makes it quite clear that the life of a discipleship is to be characterised by a humble and a loving servant. When speaking of humility, I always think of the, <clears throat> the lesson Jesus modelled uh, when he washed the disciples' feet. You remember when they entered into the room 
the custom was as people come in, someone would wash their feet because they'd been on the dusty roads. And here was the Son of God, Jesus himself, down on his hands and knees with a bowl washing the disciples' feet. What humility, what humbleness. When we see here with Joshua, he did not become a leader overnight. He went through some humbling experiences on his journey. And even though Joshua showed leadership ability and Moses entrusted the whole army to him, he made errors of judgment. He made mistakes. But I read that while he fought, Moses prayed. <laughs> I love this. Moses prayed. And the result was they had victory. How often have we heard when we're going through difficult times and problems, someone back there has been praying for us. Sometimes they could have been praying for years. But they're praying. Never underestimate the power of prayer. It can move mountains. Faith adds a positive outlook to your life to move forward always and then we'll have the victory. But through all this, God was preparing Joshua for his greater service for him. Let us look at God's commands to Joshua. Be strong, he says, and of good courage. Strength and courage can be infectious. It can inspire others. When I looked at this, I could not help but think of the sporting field. They rise up in the football field, real great men. Some of them are great and others want to follow them. They get inspired. They get enthusiastic. You see it all the time. And we often hear people have been through remarkable things in their lives and we want to be inspired. We are inspired. We're enthusiastic to move forward. And a little verse that comes to me is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, strength and courage can be infectious. Oh, yes, it does. Ephesians 6 and 10 tells us, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It is his strength upon which we draw. And that verse of I quoted, I can do all things through Jesus who strengthens us. And then God desires us to meditate upon his word. It's not sufficient just to read it. We can pick up the newspaper and just read it. He wants us to consider it thoughtfully and prayerfully. Psalm 1 and 2 tells us that those who really find delight in the scriptures of truth will be like trees planted by the rivers, always fresh and fruitful. And we're told in Matthew 12, 35, that those who hide God's word in their hearts will, as good men, be able to bring out good measure, good treasure 
God desires us not only to meditate upon his word, but also to be obedient to it. It is not enough that Joshua heard the call and knew the will of God. He needed to follow with wholehearted obedience. James 1 and 22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. The Israelites had to do the work in God's appointed way, according to the instructions given by God. And we also have been given instructions in God's word to follow. This enables us to experience the victory over our Jerichos, the difficult things in our natures and our circumstances. We have God's promises to Joshua. What did God promise to Joshua? He promised him victory. In the same way God has promised us victory. Victory over sin. We read in Romans 6.14, For sin shall not be your master, because you are not under law, but under grace. What does it mean? That if we sin, we grieve the Holy Spirit. We need to ask for forgiveness. God will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He has promised us victory over the flesh. Apostle Paul said, Oh, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It means that when we come to know Christ, we become a new person. All things pass away. Behold, everything becomes new. Yes, we become a new person, new desires. Everything becomes new. That's what coming to know Jesus does to our lives. We've also been promised victory over Satan. Luke 10, 19. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. But how can we have victory over sin, the flesh and Satan? What is the answer to this? You see, God has not only promised us victory, he has provided us the armour to put on so that we can have that victory. The Apostle Paul closes his letter to the Ephesians by saying, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Brothers and sisters, we all know that Satan is out there going about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he can devour. He's also going round like an angel of light to see who he can trip up, who he can discourage, who he could stop entering the faith in Jesus. 
Joshua had a faith to believe in the victory that God had promised him. It was by faith the walls of Jericho fell after people had marched around them for seven days. Oh, what patience and courage they must have shown there. Can you imagine being told to march around a big city seven times? It was ludicrous. They've never done it before. Some of them would have been doubting that they marched around once, twice, three times, four times, even five times. And there'd be those who would have doubts, those who want to turn it back. But they kept on to the seventh time, then marched around seven times, and the walls fell down. And they went in and had victory over Jericho. This is the victory that overcomes the world, it says, even our faith. It is in our weakness that God's strength is made perfect. It is not easy at times to keep on with even the prayer of faith when we don't see immediate answer to it. Sometimes God delays the answers to our prayers, but that does not always mean no. It's only temporary. He still answers. Remember when Jesus walked upon this earth, he received the urgent message from Martha and Mary that Lazarus was sick. He wasn't sick, he was dead. And you would think that Jesus would have rushed up to grieve with them because he loved them. He waited four days before he went up there to meet with them. Why did he do that? He wanted to exercise his power, but most of all, he wanted them to believe. He wanted them to follow him. When we're in situations like that, we could use that little prayer. Luke 17 and 5, Lord, increase our faith. I'm sure Mary and Martha... They needed more faith that day. I'd like to share with you. Just excuse me a minute. A Helen Steiner Rice poem. It's on faith. <clears throat> Why do things happen as they do? We do not always know, and we cannot always fathom why our spirits seek so low. We flounder in our dark distress. We are wavering and unstable. But when we're most inadequate, the Lord God's always able. For though we are incapable, God's powerful and just and great. But there's no darkness of the mind that God cannot penetrate. All that is required of us whenever things go wrong is to trust in God's simplicity with a faith that's deep and strong. And while he may not instantly unravel all those strands of the tangled thoughts that trouble us, he completely understands. And in his time, if we have faith, he will gradually restore the brightness to our spirit that we've been longing for. So remember, there's no cloud so dark for God's light to penetrate if we keep on believing and have faith enough to wait.
God's promised his presence to Joshua. Verse 5 of our reading assures us of Joshua's to, of God's presence. He says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, there are so many instances in the Old Testament where the Israelites had to be reminded of God's faithfulness to them. We read in Isaiah 43, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. And when I read this, I could not think, but why not apply that to ourselves? You folk here at Pakenham, the Lord has created you. He has formed you. He has redeemed you. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. How true, we could take that on board today, couldn't we? Apply it to ourselves. And we too have this same assurance, Hebrews 13 and 5. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. The same promise that was given to Joshua. God was with Joshua throughout his whole journey. Joshua was severely tested. At times, and further on in the book of Joshua, we read that he even rent his clothes, fell to the face of the earth when he realised he had lost over 2,000 of his men. God does not promise us that he will, we will not be tested. No, but gives us his assurance that he will walk with us through those difficult times. How encouraging it is for us to know that our God is with us during those mountaintop experiences, but he's with us during those valleys also. Now let us look at Joshua's courage. <laughs> Joshua's remarkable courage. When he acted on God's will and on God's call, he took charge and he pressed forward with God-given courage to fulfil the purposes for which God had called him. The Jordan River, we remember that story? It was all in flood when Joshua prepared to cross it. He had never faced anything like this before. And it took courage. Did he say it's too hard? Did he say it's just too difficult? Did he say I must find another way? No, he looked to God for direction and God told him what to do. And then believing in the word that he had received, he acted upon it. He told the priest carrying the ark to step into the water and this they did and the waters rolled back and the Israelites passed over on dry land. 
The story tells us that the priests were to stand in the middle of the river until all the people passed over. And you know, it must have taken a lot of courage to cross over during that time as the, the waters piled up on either side. You would be afraid they'd come tumbling back and you would be drowned. But no, it was through the power of God. And so I might have wondered, as the waters piled higher, whatever was holding it up, they would come tumbling down. But no, God's power is great. Joshua's courage must have been contagious as the Israelites followed him through unbelievable situations. But that courage sprang from his faith in God. I come across a quotation, take a step of faith. It's time to be on the move. Lay aside your fears and watch what God can do. God's mighty hands brought them over to safety. They could not possibly have done it in their own efforts. All they had to do was to obey God's orders, believing in the rest, believing that God would promise them the victory. All they had to do was trust him and obey him. And this they did. Back at the beginning of Israel's journey, when Joshua needed more time to finish the task for God, he even commanded the sun to stand still so he could have more time in the day. And God honoured that. That was the, what the courage he had. Joshua even had courage to put five kings under his feet. He conquered them all. Such was his faith in his God. And after the children of Israel crossed over Jordan, they entered the land of Canaan, a land of blessing, of joy and provision, a place where they become victors later over their enemies. And our lives can be the same. We can have the blessing, the joy, the provision, and we can have the victory simply by trusting Jesus. Israel had been delivered from Egypt and bondage at the Red Sea, from Pharaoh and his hosts, but they still wandered in the wilderness and had been doing so for 40 years. This was not what God's intention, no, it wasn't. He had planned that they would enter straight away into Canaan, but their disobedience and unbelief kept them out, and again and again, Israel missed out on God's blessing through their sin. That's a, a caution to each one of us. And what can we learn from this? Christ freed us from sin and power of Satan on the cross. Do we believe that? Do we hold on to that? Sometimes it's like we're living in the wilderness without experiencing the victory that God has promised us. We only need to cease to depend on our own strength and claim God's strength and his power. And in his last challenge to the people of Israel, Joshua gave God the glory for all his achievements. Then he encouraged them to obey God. 
And as with Moses, just before his death, when he encouraged the Israelites to choose God and remind them of the consequences if they did not, make this choice, so Joshua made that well-known statement, choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. When God calls you, he will open the doors, make the connections, provide the resources, and that all he asks of you is a life that is consecrated to following his will. Isaiah 7, chapter 7, verse 9 says, If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. So great was Joshua's influence that even after his death, as long as a member of that generation of leaders was alive, the people remained true to their God. So when we look at Joshua's journey, the life, we see five things that should encourage us in our journey as a Christian. And this is what I close with. Faith in the promises of God. Seeking to do the will of God. Remaining in the presence of God. Experiencing the victory in the name of God. And resting in the faithfulness of God. Let us seek to be like Joshua. Strong in the Lord and his faith, resting on God's promises, choose you this day whom you will serve. Let us pray. Our dear, loving Heavenly Father, we can learn so much from the people of old. For those in the Old Testament, who are set there as examples for us to look at, to listen to, and to even to follow as they direct us to our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who provides for all our needs, the one when we're down who will lift us up, the one when we're struggling will give us strength, and the one that when we're even rejoicing will give us joy. And Father, today, I just pray that if there's any who do not know you, have never entered into that faith, that they will come to know they are Lord Jesus Christ as their Saviour and Lord. And for us who know thee, may we be strengthened by the faithfulness of Joshua to his God. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.